Jonathan Hardesty, because we're recording on a day he's unavailable, but Chewy Darso's here. Hello, and I'm Ryan, unemployed. And Ryan James. <laughs> Hello, I'm employed. <laughs> <laughs> Just not right this second. Not right now. <laughs> uh, and then we have a special guest today, Liana of Rocco. <laughs> or Liana DiRocco, as I've been told, because I keep forgetting how to pronounce your last name, because I'm horrible. Even though it's very easy to pronounce. Nailed it, though. It's because you had that middle initial on Facebook, and I want to put it in the wrong spot. See, that's because there's so many people on Facebook with my name now, which is really weird because it's very strangely spelled. That so is odd. I'm used to being the only Leanna, and now there's like 15. Oh. 15? It's really, it's really weird. That's a lot. And they're all Latina. They're Are pretty they? hot. <laughs> I mean, I got that, <laughs> but usually they're industry? Latina men for me. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Latino. Che- Latinos named Chewy? No, it's a very common uh, name. It's spelled differently. It's like C H Y. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. It's yeah, C H E U Y. Yeah, And then there's variations. Yeah, just very rarely is it related to. Yeah. Okay, so we'll do a really quick. Where have you been doing? I can go first. I finished season two of Love. It was good, I guess. I was told that it ends bittersweet. I don't think it does. I think it ends bitter, bitter. Uh, and it's kind of upsetting, and I don't really want to watch season three. And it's not because it's bad, but it's like, I don't want to watch. Like, that was a, they made a really good, engaging relationship, and now it's horrible and sad, and I don't really want to watch it anymore. Oh, because so it plays out just like the first season. No, because at least the end of the first season, it ends with like, oh, they put aside their differences. Okay. Yeah, and okay. then this season's all about them fixing that, and then they don't. Right. So uh, I'm at the point of the season where it kind of turns and they just yeah. stop being a good couple, which is really weird to watch because it's it like they literally are falling back into the exact same problems they had in the first season. And it's like they it's really forced writing. There's no it, it is starting to become unbelievable. Yeah, really? a little bit. I've seen people do that in life a lot. Well, they'll, no, that, they'll be motivated to change. They'll be motivated to change. They get comfortable. They they do one thing again, and then it's just a cascade back into their old shit. No, that's true, and that, it very well could be. But I, I can see the uh, like friend of the show Laura has told me that the main problem of the show is that it's just a bunch of crazy bitches, and like women are always portrayed as just completely insane. And I disagreed with her for a long time, and then I got about two thirds of the way through season two, and I'm like, oh. Okay, there's some definite validity to that claim. <laughs> no, but Gus is a crazy bitch, too. Oh, he totally is. Yeah. Totally is. But it, it's just like, it's kind of tough to watch because you feel like you're watching them grow and then they don't. And yeah. I know that's supposed to be realistic, but at the same time, it's like, I want a little bit of escapism. Yeah. Um, and it, it's just not quite there. I think I'll still watch it. I still enjoyed it. It's just, it's, it's like going through a rough relationship and going, do I really want to go through this again? <laughs> I think the world is too rough right now. We need better escapism. Yeah. Uh. Um, but I will say this. Uh, I think David Spade was fantastic. Oh, my God. He's so like, good. And yeah. I haven't said that in a long time. But I always like David Spade. He's only in a few episodes. He plays uh, the girl who Gus is the teacher's for his dad. Hmm. So he's in a few episodes, and he's great. Like, legitimately good. Like, not just like a caricature of David Spade. Like, he usually plays in most things these days. He plays a legit character, and he's really good. And Daniel Stern's in an episode, and he's great, too. And so. It's a very good show. It's just upsetting. I don't want to watch it anymore. Oh. Yeah. What uh, platform is the show on? Uh, it's on Netflix. Copy. Yeah. Um, well. But I did run into uh, Gus on the Paramount lot, and the person I was with was like, hey, we really love your show. And he's like, oh, thank you. That's so sweet. And it's like, oh, he seems like a nice guy. I'll keep watching his show. <laughs> <laughs> so he didn't fuck that up at least. Yeah. <laughs> well, to jump off of your thing about whether or not characters have true development... Of all the things I've been keeping up with lately, I've definitely been keeping up with Grimm. Ooh. And the last episode of Grimm, woof. Like, is it the last ever? This is the last season, right? This is the last season, and it is a nail-biter. Grimm has some of the best character development that they stick with in any show I've watched in a while. Like, people are villains, and then they're heroes, and then they're villains again. And then some of them really, like, completely do 180s on their characters, which uh, I'm forgetting her name. Kate Upton. No. <laughs> I'm remembering everyone's name except for hers. Kate Upton. No. <laughs> but whatever. So you have characters that do a completely different, like they start, have started out as complete terrible villains at the beginning of the show in season one. And now they're main love interests of the hero. 
and they're completely like good hearted and everything. It's amazing in a way that it's kind of like saying that once you become a mother, you become a good person. It's now that I think about it, it's a little strange message, but oh, no, it's still a fun talking. message. You're ruining the show for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, I'm not going to ruin it for anyone who hasn't kept up with the show and actually listens to us. But I think you're fine, but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> the last episode, two major things happened that I was just left staring at my TV with my mouth open going, was this a dream? Please, no, come back. Tell me this was a dream sequence because I'm going to be very upset if this just happened. And so I'm really invested right now in Grimm. And Have I'm they super done that before? Not as intensely. Uh, like you're m- fucked. Main things <laughs> going down right now that just... Ugh. It's the final season. Yeah, it is the final season. You're and fucked. At this point, I'm like, who's going to be left standing? Hopefully no. <laughs> uh, Ryan, what about you? Where have you been doing? I have fallen back into the hole of gaming. I'm going to kind of steer us in a different direction here. Uh, tabletop gaming, that is. not. Uh, mm. I've been going to the casino. <laughs> <laughs> I have I a need gambling some, I need problem. Help. This is yeah. a cry for help. It actually might be. But uh been playing a ton of tabletop games, and I recently got into a new game that came out last year called Star Wars Destiny. Mm. This is a collectible dice and card game from uh, Fantasy Flight Games. And uh, it's been, since it was released, it's been kind of sold out everywhere. So it's been, like, you know, on my radar, but I kind of have been trying to stay away from it. Then our friend Ben sat me down and showed me how the game works, and I was immediately hooked. It kind of it uh, scratches so many itches, checks so many boxes for me as a as a card game, tabletop game. It's been a blast. So now I'm like on the hunt to find cards. Ooh! So I'll let you know how it goes. We are in pins and needles. <laughs> <laughs> I might by next week. I might be like, I have no luck. I open packs. And I got yeah. crap. And I hate this game, and I'm out. Destiny cards for sale. <laughs> uh, last but not least. Uh, what was it last Sunday? I went to the Panic at the Disco concert, right? Oh. Down in San Diego. It's pretty great. But because I'm such a huge fan of their new album, it's very different from their old albums. It's more industrial, more heavy. Kind of with the character growth thing, you can see it in this musician and his changes and his growth throughout time. And it's pretty cool following that. Yeah. But I really went for the opener band, St. Motel, hmm. which is a little bit lesser known. I think a lot of people out here know about them. Um, their new album is St. Motelevision. And they're kind of weird and like sort of swingy kind of big band feeling but it's really four guys and a saxophone and a trumpet and drummer and singer that and keyboarder cool. but they're all really really good they're like they're just solid they're on point they're happy i've seen them <laughs> three times now like they're just so solid they're so good it's um, been a while since i saw a good happy band no they're great they're they're just they're funny they're happy they're sarcastic they're, they're very like a weird mix of like a retro kind of like fits in the tantrums like retro indie alternative I don't really know how to explain it, but they're I, really good. I think you're doing a good job. Yeah. They're yeah, really, really yeah. good. Um, so that was an amazing show. And then Panic came out and was just a phenomenal stage performance. Awesome. Things like that. I've never seen Panic at the Disco. You know, I'd never seen them either. And yeah. I recently got into them about a year ago and I hadn't heard their stuff. Oh, They've wow. been around 13 years yeah, you now. Missed the yeah, boat on that one. One. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Like, welcome to 2009. <laughs> They've been around for 13 years now and the dude had laryngitis and he was still hitting, you know, three octaves above a normal range. It was That's not good for his voice. <laughs> no. Dude, no, like, well, it was weird because the first, the first song they came out and played and I was like, saying to my brother, I was like, something's going on. His earpiece is falling out. Like, he's kind of not hitting all the notes. Second song, he's like, I've got laryngitis, guys. And it was just, blowing us all away oh. it was really awesome. impressive i appreciate people that power through things but if your voice is your life you might want to just sit this one I, out I kind right. of the same way but also <laughs> it was just really good yeah and i was not going to complain so i once saw ted leo and the pharmacist and about 10 minutes into his set he tripped and sliced his uh his the hand he Ugh. holds a pick with Ugh. completely down the middle oh. and still oh my the god whole set. <laughs> sounds terrible was oh. there blood everywhere everywhere oh my god <laughs> that's crazy I Talk about the infection Ted Lee was amazing yeah. so it was like and uh, he fell down he looked around he's like thanks for helping me dicks <laughs> <laughs> make the rest of your band feel like assholes yeah, yeah. Uh, it, was, it was pretty great but Ted Lee was fantastic okay so I guess it's time to talk Bullet. Bullet. Uh, So the main reason why I picked today, uh, picked the movie for today, was in celebration of the Fast and Furious movies coming out. Um, I know that's a bit of a leap, but I think it works because uh, cars, cars, essentially (laughs) crime. If you've never seen Bullet, it is very, very famous for creating what we consider like the modern car chase. It might not have done it first, but it did what most people consider best. Uh, It's on many, many top one hundred lists. Most people consider it. 
if not his best performance, his second best performance for Steve McQueen. Uh, and it's just very, very held like high regard, but people like our age and younger pretty much ignore it entirely. Yep. They might recognize the poster, maybe, and that'd be about it. I don't think most people even know that it's a car movie or yeah. that it's a There's cop movie. There's usually a car on the poster. Consensus yeah. around the table, yeah. Yeah, and so a lot of people just totally missed it and skipped it, and I think that's too bad. So I made three people watch it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> has John seen it before? He's he has not, not. Today, but it yeah. seems like his type of movie out of the table. Yeah, I'm not sure most. if he or his wife would like it more, but it definitely well-received in that household. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it's this I, movie did come out th- 15 years before I was born. So. Yeah, yeah. It, but it's weird because so many movies from the late 60s, early 70s, are, people watch all the fucking time. Yeah, like this one they don't. I, I'm all right. I have a lot to say about that, but yeah. do, do you want to start with? Well, uh, the I'm going to start really quick with the other thing that's also very important for Bullet today, specific. Well, yesterday specifically, uh, but it'll be still be important next week. Uh, the really cool thing about this movie is the car that they drive. It's specifically Steve McQueen's Mustang, and it's uh, it's just a badass fucking car. And like, the, uh, we'll go into the chase and how much they had to do to make the chase, and it's fucking cool. But uh, after they filmed the movie, they kind of lost the car, and Steve McQueen at one point in the seventies tried to buy it and wasn't able to. And yesterday they found it. <laughs> so the where did they find it, Brian? They found Whoa. it in a scrapyard in Mexico. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite part of the yeah. story <laughs> and i think that's really cool and they apparently people found it so they're going to take it back to the u.s and completely restore it and throw it in a museum somewhere yeah that's but, awesome uh yeah i thought it was really cool i was like <laughs> just looking up bullet news before we started recording i'm like oh shit <laughs> that's timely <laughs> i find that more interesting than the whole movie i, want, I just want to know how it got there you yeah know, there's a there's a documentary to follow the life of this mustang <laughs> yeah there is a story in there somewhere it might have been a transformer at one point we don't Who know knows? Yeah. yeah okay so i think right now would be a time for a 30 second breakdown 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 Liana, are you ready sure all right so the movie bullet from 1968 in 30 seconds here we go 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 all right so the story is about this guy he's a detective lieutenant and his name is bullet and he's given this case sort of kind of he's supposed to protect this guy and this guy gets murdered and then they find he's trying to find out who murdered him whatever whatever this dude dies in a hospital then they find out he's not really dead he was someone else impersonating someone else and then they have a weird plane chase and stops the plane the dude gets away and then he's staring at himself at the end of the movie looking about thinking about things in life <laughs> and there's a car chase a really badass car chase okay there we go i was gonna say that's definitely a failure if you don't mention the no, car no, chase the car in ch- bullet there's a car chase okay, or uh, two or three wait did you say he gets away yeah though? he definitely didn't get away no did you see like the pg cut yeah maybe yeah. he died bleeding out in between his no two that's doors. right no yeah. whatever man yeah he first kills so a cop and that is uh nah you're a cop nah, i think you still nailed it though yeah, yeah. You still mentioned the car chase, which is really what I was well, concerned about. It's like a about. solid A minus. Right. I would give it like a B. B? Yeah, a B is okay. A it's B? like C and lower, I start getting really mad. So you get a free shot if you want to make fun of me. I don't know what to make fun of you about. That'll work. Okay, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> I think still my favorite Brian insult was you look like a comic book store. <laughs> what? I believe it was you look like a comic book store threw up on you. Yeah, that's what it was. Oh is that Janine? That's pretty good. Uh, no, that's Rob. Rob. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Janine has like a, good ones, too. <laughs> yeah. Well, Janine's known me a lot longer, yeah. so... I'm just, like, imagining pages of comics stuck to you. Well, <laughs> just, it was, like, just, like, me. It was one of those days where I was wearing, like, like a hat like this one, I had, like, a Spider-Man shirt on, yeah. and then I had a comic book hoodie on. <laughs> okay, so now with that down, I feel that we should just talk about the movie. I know we, we mentioned briefly... Ryan, did you want to mention anything else about that, about why people just don't see this? Oh, it sucks. Because it... <laughs> does it not suck. suck at all. No, no, it uh, definitely doesn't suck. It's a... It's a Really well-made movie, but it is really just at that um, time period before Spielberg changed movies. Yeah. And any movie made before 1974 is inherently a little bit slower. Yes, and, absolutely. And, uh, and while the car chase scene was like uh, thrilling and capturing, but um, you know, it just doesn't hold up. Yeah, I, f- I think the car chase does. I-, I agree with you about the rest of the movie, I think- but I think the car chase, especially when you look at it in the context of this, is like pre-Star Wars like right. and that sort of action editing and like 
a lot of like the action movies we consider big and popular from that era, it's before all of them. Mm-hmm. And this one sequence, I think it holds up. I think the crutches was sick, yeah. but I mean, I'm agreeing with you. That's what I was going to say, is that things took really long. Like There's one point where it's like five minutes of them staring at each other from across an airport, and I'm just oh, like, yeah. I'm, like yeah. losing patience. But that's just because I, I grew up in a different time period with different types of entertainment. Right? Yeah, and, but I still appreciate it. But this... even at the time, it was still considered slow. I was looking this up as we were oh, reading, really? and it was, this movie was determined to be uh, an accurate portrayal of police work. Mm. Like, they really, really wanted to make sure that when people were watching this, that it looked like the police work was solid. So, by doing that, it's kind of boring. Because <laughs> yeah. a lot of police work is boring. And it's great that we have movies and TVs that make it look like action-packed the whole time. This movie tried to go the other way. And even so, while I'm watching this, I'm, I am a little frustrated at first. But then once I realized, wait, this movie isn't really about this case. Mm-hmm. It's genuinely about bullet oh yeah for sure so when you actually have to realize that you're just watching this movie to spend time with this character which a lot of times today when we get those type of movies they're usually drug addicts or something Mm -hmm. when you're spending just spending time with a character when when you do cop movies a lot of times we're focusing on the activities less activities or he's like a dirty cop yeah yeah. so it's just a totally different way of like attaching yourself to a character than we're used to right now so you're going to get a lot of dull moments. You're going to spend time with him just hanging out with his girlfriend or staring at the fax machine, which I actually like. That was like that my was, favorite scene. Oh my that was like, kind of that funny. Was <laughs> that was like hilarious. I was like, what is this new convivial technology we all just stand here and oh, yeah, stare at? My favorite thing was that they had to come tell him, the photos are coming through now. And it's like, oh, so that took a while. Right? <laughs> I love, oh man, this is like, um, it's still a little bit older than I'm aware of, but the phone being placed oh, yeah. down on top of the fax yeah. machine is amazing. I loved it. <laughs> yeah, it's so just... once I really like accepted that I'm I'm not watching this movie for the action sequences. I'm watching it just for Steve McQueen. Mm-hmm. Then I was like, okay, this is adju- I am adjusting my expectations, and now I'm enjoying this more. Yeah, I've seen the movie a number of times. It's not like my most watched movie, but my dad, it's one of his favorite movies of all time. Like he puts it like it's like Bridge Over River Kwai and like this. Like <laughs> he just fucking loves this movie. And when I was a kid, he would. Tried to show it, show it to me a few times. And the only way he gave me to sit down was like, oh, hey, car chase. I'm like, oh, I like car chases. And then eventually I watched the whole movie with him. And it, it did. Like the first time you watch it, you feel like you're watching a movie today. And it's like, well, this is just a procedural cop drama and it's boring. And when you have to. And there's you do no ha- dun-duns. Yeah. Dun-dun. You have to <laughs> you have to kind of shift yourself and know I'm watching a character study. Yeah, yeah. And watching it under that lens, it's a little bit more engaging. It's still slow as balls. Like, there's no way around that. It is a slow movie, but it's 1968. Yeah. And we have to realize this is uh, back in a time when, you know, um, a, a Norman Rockwell movie was considered melodramatic, and still he's pretty blank-faced. Yeah. So Steve McQueen, man, stone-faced through the whole thing. And the thing, uh, Norman we, Rockwell? It's uh, one of the classic yeah. uh, actors from... You, you've seen him. Famous famous I, I was melodramas. thinking about the painter yeah. when you said Norman Rockwell. Are you talking about Rock Hudson? Rock Hudson. That, You're right. Like, I was right there with the you. Painter. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was so confident. You're yeah. like, yeah, the, the yeah. actor. Yeah, no, I Rock Hudson. Like, Rock, that sounds right. Yeah, that's an actor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about D- Dwayne Johnson. Who are you guys talking about? <laughs> I'm like, there's the guy that does all the like the really no, homey paintings. paintings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I uh, bought full into that yeah. bullshit. That was great. I'm really happy. I <laughs> Don't sell me car insurance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, like the, the thing I agree with. You, let's we can talk a little about Steve McQueen because like Steve McQueen, I've really only seen two of his movies. I've seen this one. I've seen uh, Great Escape. Yeah. And before Chewie made me watch Great Escape, I'd just seen this one a bunch of times, and that's the extent of my Steve McQueen knowledge. Um, and then I've seen his grandson in the Piranha 3D movie. Mm-hmm. That counts, right? Who uh, <laughs> should really just dye his hair blonde to become an impersonator of his grandpa? Yeah, he yeah. does look a lot like him. <laughs> And he's not a bad actor. He's just not Steve McQueen. Oh, he is Steve McQueen. It is Stephen R. McQueen. But <laughs> this is so third. Yeah. unfortunate for an acting career. Oh, yeah. Like, you're the grandson of, and you're named after. <laughs> and you look exactly like him. It, it really, I mean, he just had to kind of like, well, hopefully it'll work. It was like, oh, Steve McQueen is back. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> hey, you want a fun fact? The Love. Steve McQueen from Bullet, his name is Terrence. Oh. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, it's not as manly. <laughs> no, it's not. He, he well, no. did well adopting his middle name. Yeah. There's some Terrences that are manly. So his name is not Steve McQueen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but as to what you're saying, uh, he's he is. You're right. He's stone-faced the whole movie. As well as every other character. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that is kind of like the, the 1960s, early 70s cops. Yeah. Like the, yeah, no He does nonsense. some of the eye squinting that, you know, That's conveys it. deep emotion. Well, here's the difference. So you watch any of these like old school cop dramas or cop action movies, you'll have a lot of stone faces, as you said. The difference that I find in Bullet and why I think Bullet goes out of that and is better is because he's stone-faced until he's not. And yeah. it's one sequence where he's not. And it's like you earned that moment of emotion by him going like when he just turns on I forget the actor's name who's like I'm bad guy A <laughs> and like he just turns on and is like get the hell out of here it's like oh mm-hmm. shit yeah. Chalmers yes Chalmers yeah and it's, uh, and it's like fuck that's you don't get emotion out of that guy when he's mad at you you've done fucked up yeah mm-hmm. I kept expecting that guy to be tied to the mob somehow yeah I was so too he's, right. a, he's only a villain yeah. in his bureaucracy right mm-hmm. yeah he just doesn't want to take the blame and he wants Steve McQueen to take the blame yeah which is again so realistic Oh uh, yeah, totally. It's, yeah. it's so realistic. Like, yeah, I mean, like, right before he tells him to go fuck off, isn't he telling him something about reputations and climbing ladders? Yeah, I'm like you be- take this hit for me, and I'll do something, something. Yeah. Oh, this will be good for both of us. Uh, no, it won't. <laughs> no, it'll be good for I you. I have the quote here if you like it. Oh no, you should say that for quotes. So I have one. multiple yeah. quotes. Oh, then go ahead, roll out with it. What does it say? It says, uh, "Come on now, don't be naive." You have to speak into the mic. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. Come on now. Don't be an naive lieutenant. We both know how careers are made. Integrity is something you sell to the public. And then he goes, sell whatever you want, but don't sell it in here tonight. Yeah. That's a, that's a badass scene. Yeah. Uh, Steve McQueen is good in it. Like, very good in this. Mm-hmm. It's not the same as, say, uh, Great Escape, where it's a very different character in that movie. Yeah. But it really kind of speaks to how good of an actor he was. There was a lot of scenes in this movie where I, I kind of felt like, Steve McQueen, when we're like getting his perspective moments where he's standing somewhere mm-hmm. and then you focus on all these other dudes coming in at him. And then I can just, in my own brain, I'm like, ah, the fucking suits are here. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he's like, cause Steve McQueen's never in a suit and everyone else is wearing those black suits with skinny black ties. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is also another interesting thing I was hearing about is that Steve McQueen actually had input on his vehicle in the show. Or in the movie, and which is why he pulled off the Mustang badge and things like that to show mm-hmm. that his character was more of a down to earth kind of detective. Didn't care about flashiness. Didn't really care about whatever. So again, going back to it, it is about you know Bullet's character, which yeah, I think totally. is really interesting. He like picked all the wheels and all that stuff for the mm-hmm. car. Uh, he was he was a bit of a car guy. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I liked I liked counting how many uh, hubcaps flew off, off during the si- yeah. during the chase scene, but then we're still there later on. I definitely counted like two. I don't know how many uh, more you saw. It's five. five. I looked it up. It is five. The car with four wheels loses five hubcaps. <laughs> <That's laughs> uh, and apparently, while filming the movie, it lost. Way more than five. Oh, but, they right. broke <laughs> suspensions. But, uh, oh, they, yeah. they didn't. Uh, really? Yeah, I was going to say the car taste for last, but if we got here organically, I might as well talk about it. So they, uh, when they brought the cars in, the engine stayed mostly unmodified. The rest of the cars, heavily modified. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, they souped up all the suspensions and everything. Yeah, shocks. suspension, shocks, all that sort of stuff. They basically made them perfect. Bouncy. So yeah, because yeah. uh, you have to to survive a race through San Francisco. Oh yeah, like and they race through San. Again, if you haven't seen this movie, fuck. If you only watch the car chase, you're still going to see something cool. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, like when you think of San Francisco, everyone thinks of those like the hills so steep that when you get to the top, you can't see the road you're on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's like it's scary to go on. And these guys are going down the roads at uh, seventy miles per hour mm-hmm. is yeah. what the director wanted them going at. So they are. F- Flying, yeah. and I, I, I swear I had spinal sympathy pain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like every time they drivers. just drop down and be like, "Ow!" Yeah. <laughs> I just don't know how the front of the car didn't get crushed. When right. it oh yeah, <laughs> like I mean they're really. Close. I feel like I crushed my car coming out of the driveway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I drive an SUV. I drive an SUV. Can you just imagine the dude holding the camera inside these cars? Oh, oh man, yeah. no, those are big time rigs. I'm sure. Oh for yeah, sure. Yeah, but rigs, still. but there's also there had to been a cameraman in those cars mm-hmm. too. Oh yeah, and like it's like the. And the funny thing is, like, you look at, like, Steve McQueen, of course, want to do all of his own driving. Oh, really? Uh, he fucked up a camera, <laughs> and then brought in a stunt driver, uh, and it was the same stunt driver that he used in The Great Escape to do his motorcycle jump, because he trusted mm-hmm. him. Didn't he also almost wreck the car? Because they only had four cars. They uh, could only afford four cars, two of each, the Charger. Yeah, the, the, the picture car that they want to use the most, they try to show the driver's side only, because yeah. he fucked up the passenger oh, side so bad. <laughs> Liability, liability issues. They hit so many, and it wasn't like making, like, say, Fast and the Furious, where they famously Mm -hmm. destroyed hundreds of cars. Ah, fuck it, we dropped another one. Mm -hmm. Right, pull it off the trailer. Yeah, (laughs) pull the next one off. This was another time. Like, oh, we hit the picture car. Mm -hmm. Fuck, our movie's (laughs) over. Oh no. (laughs) But yeah, so if you the basically the chase, it starts very kind of slow. So if you've never seen 
movie in the sixties like this before. Like when you start watching, it's like, so this is the car chase, right? Mm-hmm. Thrilling. <laughs> <laughs> And then, like, the music drops out. The guys put on their seatbelts. And yeah. It, it, it was takes a, off. What surprised me most, I think, was how silent it was in a weird way. Yeah, and it was... Like, a, there's not, like, modern-day movies, we have squealing and explosions and stuff like that, and people yelling. Full orchestras. Yeah, yeah this yeah. was relatively silent, which I think added to the suspense for me. Absolutely. It was it, real life. Yeah, it's you pretty get, cool. You get some tire squeals, but really only when they make sense. And iron that, it's just engine noises. Yeah, it's it's really actually interesting. There's no, like, oh, my God, that was crazy. It's just yeah. very... Mm-hmm. It's no it's fast. Weird. Furious of uh, gear shifting like every two seconds. Yeah. Like, there's not that many gears in cars, guys. Yeah. Also, not as much sweat. I was like, yeah. there's. I was watching this and I'm like, dude, I know there's no air conditioning in those cars, mm-hmm. and it does not look cold outside. Right. Steve McKean rolled down his window, <laughs> but the bad guy didn't, and he stayed cool character and the whole he was chase. I liked how he would just kind of be like, oh, who's that in my rear view? Huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah, all right, like, keep driving. The, the so, villain yeah. during that car chase was a cool character. He was oh, yeah. real cool, mm-hmm. Mr. Cool. And then eventually just kind of get tired. I was like, oh, fuck. I guess pull out the shotgun. We should try <laughs> to kill him. Um, well, we saw how that went yeah, down. Yeah, it didn't really work out well for them. No. no. Actually, it's weird. <laughs> Something that stuck out the most was the very end of the car chase when the uh, Mustang slides across the median. How smooth yeah. that was. Oh, yeah. I mm-hmm. thought it was really interesting. I don't know why. Yeah. I wonder if they had to, like, rake down the sand or something, but... I'm not sure. I mean, I, I mean, you if you worked on a show uh, with people who drive cars like they can really do stuff i don't think are possible with cars and it's mm-hmm. like oh yeah it's no problem i can just do this slide it's it's insane yeah because they crazy. speak to the car they yeah. speak to the car or like when people talk about how they're in love with cars love and car. speak to the car and they speaks back to, the to them i actually believe from stuntmen yeah yeah, yeah. some of them speci- yeah, it, yeah it's kind of insane and this movie was it for what they did with their cars was completely crazy and uh, when they're doing like the chases on the flat ground, when they're no longer mm-hmm. <laughs> flying through the streets of San Francisco, they're at 110 miles per hour mm-hmm. is what they clocked them yeah. at. What? That's crazy. Netflix yeah. told me that, actually. Yeah. <laughs> not Netflix, but Amazon. Yeah. yeah, and it's like, whoa. And I enjoy watching Fast and the Furious, which they always come back going, yeah, we were only going 45 miles per hour. Right. Yeah, like down <laughs> nowadays. I guess yeah. the laws have changed. Yeah. yeah. And the conduct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can't get away with it. Yeah, I think the only the only person to be able to get to do that now would be like Tom Cruise. We want to go 45 miles per hour. No, I'm not doing that. Or Keanu Reeves. Yeah, Keanu Reeves. I feel like if we could have seen a movie with Tom Cruise and Steve McQueen, it would have been amazing. Yeah. Well, I mean, I you could make a very solid argument that Tom Cruise tried to remake Bullet with Jack Reacher. Uh, mm. It even has the car chase. Like he is clearly trying to be Steve McQueen. I thought it at the time. I still think it now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, what else do we want to talk about this thing? Uh, we've talked Car Chase. We've talked Steve McQueen. We haven't really talked the plot. Well, the plot... Other than the breakdown. The plot is very brooding. It is. And occasionally you forget... I mean, it's when you don't really know who the villain is for the most of the film, like, for reals. You know that it has to do with the mob in Chicago, yep. and then you keep thinking that somehow that the other cop guy is going to be connected to them in some way. There's going to be some sort of double cross or whatnot, and then there really isn't. There's just a mistaken identity from the well, witness, which is well, it's pretty not a, cool. It's not a mistaken. It's a frame. It's yeah, a, a frame. Yeah. But, so Ross, who's the 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 witness, if you will, right, who stole two million dollars from the Chicago mob and came to San Francisco to hide. Uh, basically, they don't really explain it very well, but right. from what I could tell is he convinced a guy to fake being He's him. He's a car salesman, right? Yeah, right. a car salesman that, oh, say that you're me, and I will pay off you and your wife. And as this guy's going to come in, he's going to kill the cop, you'll disappear, you'll be fine. And then the guy shows up, kills the cop, and then he turns the gun on the car salesman, and he's like, wait, what? No! Boom! Right. And then they go and strangle his wife, and they try to cover it all up so that Ross can get away scot-free. And Bullet's too smart for that shit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, and that's it, really the plot of the it movie. It took a decent amount of copness to get that to happen because he wasn't immediately suspicious of that, of his identity. No, no, not at all. It wasn't really until uh, he has very few leads. And I think that's what's interesting about the movie is that like, it, when you watch movies nowadays, like if you say, like, it's going to be a weird jump, but uh, the Da Vinci Code, there's clues, like, billion clues and like i barely figured it out this movie he has nothing to go on right yeah and it, i feel that's more honest to cop work so if they're is, really yeah. trying to go yeah. for like legit cop work that's kind of feels more like it well, all he's well got that's is the a shotgun style and the guy's about this tall with gray hair right yeah and then he has uh he made a phone call that was long distance mm-hmm. 
and that's all he has to go on. Yeah, and we learn along with the detectives. Like movies yeah. now give us give the audience way more clues mm-hmm. than they give the characters. Yeah, yeah because, because they, they want they the want... audience to feel like, smarter than the people. That in the whole movie. tactic yeah. of yeah. like, oh, yeah, the, I was gonna make that point. The oh, lead character's walking away, and the camera pans down to show what's in his bag, or yeah. you know, so many times that happens. So this movie is definitely good for that. Yeah, it's really good about like you learn it. Almost a beat after he does. Yeah. And it kind of gives you that moment of going, wait, what? Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I appreciate that mo- this movie for that a lot because so many movies these days, like we're saying, either want to make the audience feel smart or is just holding our hand the whole time to mm-hmm. make sure that, you know, we we don't get left behind. Right. Yeah. And this is definitely back in the era when let's trust our audience. Let's yeah. entertain I, our I like audience. A challenge or something. Yeah. yeah. Like. <laughs> Yeah, and I've been coddled for so long that like I we finished the movie. I'm like, wait, why the fuck did they kill the fake guy if he was with the ba- oh oh it was a double cross? Right. Uh. Like, that took me too long to figure because they never say it. Yeah. yeah, they never once tell you point blank that like oh he and was- we should be smart enough to pick that up right away. We should. You would but assume we've so. become so lame in our <laughs> in our escapism. Yeah, that we're not as engaged in our movies, like not as active mentally in our movies anymore yeah and it's True. it's it's because, almost refreshing to watch a movie like this where yeah. it's like oh because nowadays if they were to do this thing now they'd be like oh they fucked up clearly they forgot they left a scene out of the movie <laughs> and it's like and, and i i the moment this movie ended i could hear so many people on the internet if this had been released today going well what was the point <laughs> yeah. why did we even watch this no one really <laughs> got anything no one was really a winner like why did I explosions what? Yeah. I just wasted well, two one. hours of my life <laughs> one fire because <laughs> yeah. it's not yeah. a really happy ending it's just kind of like the ending of a case well, I think there's it's nothing also like grand about want, it I mean yeah. in life as in their escapism and entertainment people just want an easy straightforward yeah. answer yeah, and yeah. just given to them I don't know. I think that's it's also commentary on life sometimes to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this movie's not easy or straightforward. Yeah, it and it do doesn't have a big grand exit at the end mm-hmm. either. It's just he goes to the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and reflects on his life. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I like that. Like the you look at this movie now, and like his uh, his girlfriend gets really mad at him being okay around a dead body. Just like, oh yeah, she was strangled. Yeah, I don't, really but I don't like her why character. she ran over no, there. No, anyway. like, I, I really don't like her character. I, like, I prefaced this shoot before that? the movie started. I'm like, okay, this movie is a '60s movie. Yeah. She's like, oh, what's wrong with that? I'm like, uh, oh. female characters are garbage. No, it's, 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 so, it's so ridiculous. I'm like, you obviously are dating a cop. You know what his work involves. Why are you gonna be upset? Well, also, why are you just gonna like walk into the hotel room and be like, oh, why? Why do you just walk yeah. into a crime scene? You know, yeah, that, like, that was, like yeah. you she's, have to accept uh, that's part of that person's life. Yeah, absolutely. But the thing that That's I was, what he's reflecting in the end, like, oh, I gotta break up with her. Oh, fuck, <laughs> she's in my house. <laughs> Why did I give her keys? <laughs> uh, but the thing I was gonna say is that I like that you watch a movie nowadays and you'll watch like a PG 13 film where hundreds of people will die, yeah. thousands of people will die, and it's considered not that violent. This movie, literally, I think it's like three or four people die. Yeah, somebody's like Definitely strangulation four. wound. No, five. Yeah. And, uh, five. Yeah, the two people blasts. that get shot, the two people that die in the car, the well, girl uh, that gets strangled. Six. Because well, the guy then, gets uh, shot at the end. The, some go. people might have died in the, uh, the yep. grenade in the beginning. but Se- oh, Okay, grenade. Well, well, and then seven at the end, the, the bad guy shoots a cop and then he gets shot by Steve McQueen. We'll round up to ten. We'll yeah. say <laughs> roughly ten people die. Uh, but really because of Steve McQueen, at least at the point where his girlfriend gets mad at him, She's seen like one body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And his life is so violent that she cannot handle him. And like, that's such a weird concept for us nowadays. Right. I'm just like, what? It was just a dead body. You're fine. <laughs> it's not going to hurt you. I just, I think that's interesting. Just like, just the. We're very desensitized. Oh, big time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because it really, it was like, eh. I, I, I mean, I don't know. If I saw a dead body in real life and it came upon that, it might mess me up a little bit. And I'm like the queen of like punk rock, goth, blah, blah, blah. Uh, like, I'm a hard ass bitch. But I mean, like, this is going to sound super cold. But like when, when I was in college, I was waiting. Uh, I was trying to go to class one day and I saw uh, the train I was on got hit by or a person jumped in front of the train. Mm-hmm. And I walked out and the body was there. And the thing I was most annoyed by was that I was late for class. Yeah. I mean, I'm, see, like, that, that's the weird thing. Like most of the time, like 90% of the time I'm the same way. But I think if yeah. I saw actually that kind of thing and that had this hit me in my relationship or whatever, I'd be like, whoa, I have to backtrack and kind of think about things for yeah, a minute. For sure. yeah. But yeah. I would that also understand sense. it. That's just me. I'm understanding. Yeah. Well, the difference is that he's not just like, uh, say, like the guy cleaning the hotel room. Like, oh, he's got a D-corpse this place. Yeah, and he's not like he's the guy <laughs> killing him on purpose. Yeah, or yeah. Her on so purpose. her response is a little bit of an overreaction yeah. of like, your life is so violent. Mm, yeah. How are you? Well, well, I'm a cop. 
Duh. Yeah. In a what did you major think I was doing? U.S. city. Just saving yeah. puppies? Yeah. It's like, I'm not a fireman. I'm not just getting cats out of trees. Yeah. <laughs> That's I'm all they did I'm a fireman. 60s, I'm right? offended by that statement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was the 60s. That's all they did, right? There's no fires in the 60s? Yeah. Um, so the other thing I, I kind of want to talk about uh, before we get out of this uh, is really the the lack of a villain or really an antagonist. Because I, I feel like if this movie were made today or remade today and they wanted to go true to form beyond just bureaucracy being the villain, I think he'd be playing his own villain. Like he, he yeah. would be his own worst yeah. enemy sort of cop story. And this one really didn't go that route at all. He, he's just kind of a dude. A dude. He's yeah. A dude. He's just a good cop. And the villain is the system, I guess. Mm hmm. Like but, th- I feel like there's some message about police officers from the 60s that we just totally, since we weren't alive then, we're definitely, I think it's just, there might have been something there that just, it didn't grow with the film and was kind of left behind back when it came out. Yeah, it was probably the first exploration of um, how difficult the system is to overcome. Yeah. Because, I mean, like the, the best sign of that is the very end of the film when um, Chalmers, the guy who basically hired Bullet to watch this person, really wanted Bullet to take the fall for him so he wasn't seen as making a mistake. The last shot you see of him is he gets into a car and it uh, has a bumper sticker saying, support your police. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, huh. So he doesn't. Yeah, he, he doesn't. <laughs> he wants to fuck over the police for personal gain. And it's like, it's really kind of, there's an interesting commentary. It's good humor. In and, and today we watch it and we're like, oh, yeah, of course those characters are like that. That's how people yeah. are. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Like Maybe it was at the time where everyone's like, yeah, that's how people are. Like That's a very on-the-nose commentary. Or maybe it wasn't. I don't know. You might be right about that. There is enough antagonists, though, like the guy with the shotgun and the trench coat, you know. Sure. And the 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 real Ross. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I it's see. interesting that like they, they don't really ever get screen time. True. Like, I feel, again. They also don't was, get very much dialogue. Almost none. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think they really have any, do they? But maybe that's why there's like well, an antagonist and it's kind of a figment of their imagination, yeah. but there's multiple little antagonists. Yeah, it, it's know. it's interesting because I feel, again, if this movie were made today, these guys would be more, they'd be bigger characters. Yeah. They'd be more threatening. And really, the guy with the shotgun's just a dude with a shotgun. Yeah. They'd I could have go for a sequel. Eastern European yeah. accents <laughs> and well placed scars or right. tattoos. Right. Yeah. Shaved heads. Yeah. yeah. I'm still kind of surprised it didn't get a sequel. Like, this movie was huge. Was this even, were there sequels in 1968? There, well, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. fuck, Dirty Harry got a sequel. Mm-hmm. But and that came out before much this. They were much more between, yeah. Did Dirty Harry come before or after this? I don't know. Before, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I don't remember. But yeah, I know that one got a sequel. But that also had Clint Eastwood, who's Clint Eastwood. Um, but yeah, I think that, I, I, there's so many things in this movie that I think is really interesting. And if you haven't seen it, you definitely should, even though we're spoiling fucking everything in it. But because there's not a ton to spoil except for Dirty Harry came out uh, three years after this movie. Oh, okay. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) But the the car chase is the reason to go see this, and for film history, you know. (laughs) Yeah. And for the honking. (laughs) For film history and the geese. (laughs) (laughs) But it's a great study in in classic filmmaking, and even today, you know, it it holds up as a, a a movie made with great technique. However, it's really slow, and don't watch it at night. Yeah, it's slow. It's a little boring. I mean, it's very much just a character study, but at the same time, like, yeah, you're right. It is. It's. It's one of those things where, like, if we, if you don't have A, you don't have B. And mm-hmm. this movie set the groundwork for so many things that we just take for granted now. Yeah. yeah. Can I mention something that's a little off topic? Absolutely. It kind of reminds me of the Thin Blue Line. Sure. Yeah. Which is, you know, the first like actual docudrama of police work. Yeah. So I'm yeah. kind of almost wondering back in my head if this was something that kind of came out as like a drama that was kind of like hey this is sort of what's going on and then influence other people look into more police work in the 80s and things like yeah, that yeah it very well could be and no oh, it's interesting yeah. thin blue line so hard for me to watch though those reenactments kill I me i know Did, it's but a it's, very but well they, made but movie, are they but... like real reenactments and things like that and that's yeah the whole controversy and things how like much that. have yes. we spoken about the camera work uh none we probably yeah. should because honestly that is what i think film school wise is the crowning achievement of this movie not uh, the editing, because I go. Well, the editing. editing is fantastic as well, but just like some of the shots that they're, because I mm-hmm. I keep while I'm watching this, I'm remembering this is film cameras. Mm-hmm. These things yeah. weigh like fifty pounds or more. Which is why I think I'm so amazed. Yeah, I actually got them in the cars. Yeah, in the cars. Like, I'm still, especially, oh, yeah. have you ever been in those cars? Like yeah. they're mm-hmm. big yeah. cars, but like in the back seat, you've got to just squeeze like through the, the front door. Just like the sequence when he gets and, like, into the taxi, you're sitting in the taxi. 
you're watching him come out of the airport, yeah. open the door, get in the taxi, and then you turn around to see them focusing on someone as you drive away with the bobblehead in front of it. I'm just like, how? That's some good maneuvering. Mm-hmm. And the actor's sitting down probably in his brain, all right, sit, they're like, all right, I gotta sit down. Don't knock the camera. Don't touch mm-hmm. the camera. Because that thing is probably right mm-hmm. in front of his freaking face. But all the other sequences were... They had to have been handheld. When you're moving, there's long shots where you're shifting focus and just going from character to character to a different location. And the whole time, what you need to pay attention to is in focus. Oh, yeah. It's like, this is masterwork. Oh, yeah. You can look at this movie and go, oh, I bet Wes Anderson loves the fuck out of this movie. <laughs> but, like, there's my favorite shot in the whole movie. It's, uh, it's uh, leading up to the car chase, like, right when you're starting to realize that Bullet is being tailed. And they do a very, very long tracking shot of his car leaving his parking space, going way out and around a bridge, and then leaving. And it tracks the car the whole time, even though the car is blocked by the bridge. Yeah. And it just it nails it. It's in the center of the frame the whole time. And when he comes out from the other side of the bridge, there's his car. And then it racks focus to the car tailing him and does the same move yeah. again. It's like, these aren't easy and things to do. And this is all analog. <laughs> yeah. There's yeah, no digital. There's no monitors. This is like people being amazing at their craft yeah. and that's yeah. another thing i just looked it up the study cam wasn't even actually used in the industry until 1975 so yeah so these guys are that. lugging these fucking yeah. cameras around <laughs> you know being really light on their feet yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, Ninjas. like you just look at this as like a technical film like if you're a fan of film and you haven't seen this like just the technical aspects of the making of this are super impressive yeah, yeah. sound design is really good too really mm-hmm. tight yeah. editing dialogue editing sound effects yeah um, the mix was great i remember you know the few times sirens would come in it would mm-hmm. be alarming enough yeah uh, and the dialogue was well mixed. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's a it's again, like as we said in the beginning of this thing, it's very shocking that this movie is so left behind for our generation, definitely yeah. generations after us. And there's no like weird quirky sixties things in it that really Other than it's it. the treatment of women a little bit. Treatment of women, but I'm talking about like in the design. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the things they showcase, other than oh, the sure, technology yeah. being dated. Yeah, technology and uh, outfits a little bit. Outfits like, a little uh, bit. Because, again, just on the women, because a lot of the women, that, other than the girlfriend, were kind of like those bag dresses mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of. Yeah. Uh, but even the bright colors that would normally be there in 1968 were pretty subdued. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And, yeah, like there was no big novelty items that dated it. And right. Like, yeah. It was firmly planted in its era, but not funny wise yeah it, uh the suits the guys wear don't really look like they're quite as like restricting as a lot of, like especially like, you go back and watch uh dirty harry's we mentioned earlier the suit he wears for that entire thing drives me with the fucking wall i know that he's a badass but he's wearing a tweed jacket and i just can't take him serious he's sweating <laughs> he yeah. is sweating he's sweating I uh, mean, you were watching Steve McQueen in that uh, turtleneck. He's sweating too. Oh yeah, but like the that entire last action sequence in the the airport, like when they're outside and running in the dark, unbelievably well shot. Like mm-hmm. I I appreciate that because they actually let it be dark. Oh yeah, it's not like the soft moonlight that we usually get in movies at this mm-hmm. point, so we can still see everything. The thing I was gonna say is <laughs> it's a very dark film, not really in like attitude. I mean, yeah. I guess an attitude, but it's actually shot pretty dark. Which yeah, for me, being like from more production design art standpoint it's kind of strange yeah but it's i made a joke really at one cool. point that if batman showed up i wouldn't be surprised <laughs> what if he's batman <laughs> yeah Batman's bullet became cousin. batman <laughs> he's done with the system <laughs> take it in his own hands uh but yeah no i yeah i i could really talk about this movie much much longer but i feel like we should wrap it up uh and the last thing i want to talk about very very briefly before we get out of here is the director and i think that's kind of important because he is a very famous director nominated for many oscars uh he only died a few years ago and he was fucking old uh <laughs> fucking old <laughs> he was born in 1929 like, wow old dude uh and this was his first american film oh he was born right when america collapsed yep <laughs> uh, welcome to the world right. we're all we don't have any food yep yeah uh well he didn't come over till oh he was 60s. in yeah. america okay. yeah yeah no he uh you look at some of his other stuff, and it's like, uh, I don't really recognize a lot of it, but like the work that he did in this movie was phenomenal, and it clearly laid the groundwork for his later masterpiece, Kroll. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, seriously, like the, the direction in this film is like pitch perfect. The, the character like needs to be both relatable, engaging and stonewall everything throughout the entire film 
And as much as I want to give Steve McQueen all that credit, without the right director in that chair, mm-hmm. that would fall apart. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, I, I really, really like this movie. <laughs> uh, okay, was there anything else we wanted to hit on this thing? Or should we move into quotes, 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 quotes? I'm ready. Ready for quotes? Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going to go first because uh, I don't want to want to take my quote, and I really <laughs> like my quote. Um because it's probably the weakest moment in the movie. And that's how I like to roll. Uh, so there's a moment, as we mentioned earlier, it's a, kind of a famous scene where he uh, gets yelled at by his girlfriend for being so violent. And she's like, I don't even know how we're supposed to spend the rest of time together. And he feeds her the most bullshit line of, uh, time starts now. It's like, what the fuck? Did-? And it just cuts out of the scene. Yeah. Like, what does that even mean? Yeah, I was really annoyed at that. Yeah. Part of me is like, what the fuck does that mean? The other part of me is like, him kind of saying like bitch get it together or yeah. <laughs> goodbye yeah. kind of i don't know there's a couple ways to interpret that yeah it, it could be you could really unpack it and dig into it or you can just go like that I was some bullshit no <laughs> idea what to say uh time starts now let's go yeah right <laughs> that was hard to be like oh what yeah all right bye let's yeah, it would have been a great like if it was like an adam mckay movie as he walks away you'd have her go huh right <laughs> <laughs> you're almost expecting it yeah it, it would not unjustified <laughs> no uh, do you have a favorite quote? I know you wrote down a few. I have a couple. Oh, here's my favorite. Cause this is something I would absolutely say to someone. <laughs> it's Bullet talking to Chalmers. Look, Chalmers, let's understand each other. I don't like you. <laughs> yeah. that, just, that just struck me and it struck a chord yeah. in my heart. Cause I've done that too. He's just so straightforward and honest and yeah. kind of like, fuck you, dude. And I love it. I really wish I had the balls to say that to somebody. Just oh, one person at it. my job. I have said it. Yeah. <laughs> I've said it to people like straight up. I don't like you. I mean, at my job, like people oh. who employ me. I, I, I wouldn't do it. I, I wouldn't be able uh, to. People who employ me. No. No. Yeah. Mm. I wish I could. I, oh, I almost did it last night, but <laughs> I held strong in mm. case I need to go back there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'll have my quote. Why don't you just relax and have your orange juice and shut up? Yeah, that was <laughs> great. Getty. That's what, like five minutes into the movie? Yeah, that's He's right. That's so, when I knew. Yeah. I mean, that just, that just sets him up. Right there. He's in his pajamas, too. It's even better. Oh, that's a good one. I, uh, I'll go with another snarky quote. It's uh, when Steve McQueen walks into the room to protect who he thinks is Ross, and yeah. he asks him a question. He goes, stay away from that window. That's why. <laughs> that was a great moment, too. Isn't the end of that scene where he's like, what should I do? You should get started on staying away from those windows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe get him a hotel room that doesn't have windows. Maybe. That was the, well, that was the beginning the of the problem. He's like, clearly some something's wrong here. They right. put him in this fucking place. Oh, uh, by the way, the guy that was the fake witness at the beginning, that man stood up so straight. I was worried that he was in pain. Like, yeah. Just bend your spine a little bit. Is it <laughs> very used? rigid? <laughs> yeah, a real stick up of it. He ass. looked really nice for a car salesman. He was yeah. quite handsome, though. Yeah, he was nervous. Yeah, he was nervous. He had to watch somebody die that night and be pretend to be someone else. Yeah, yeah. that's a tough job to pull off. And then he should have been slouching a little bit. <laughs> uh, okay, so the review system for today is going to be kind of vague. Car movies, <laughs> Cars Two. <laughs> Please change your answer. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so any car movie you can, if you can qualify it as a car movie, I'll believe you. I mean, unfortunately, I was prepared to talk about Dirty Harry, just a little bit, but just in the fact that it's kind of like a crime is there, thing as is well there, with cars. He drives a car in there. You can, you but can he's also work. like looking. Yeah. To, you know, he's doing like some police detective work and. For sure, that works. Yeah. I'll, I'll that's allow. My, it. That's my he really has a car in it. Answer. Yeah, no, it works. <laughs> Dirty Harry works. If you like this, you'd like Dirty Harry. Yeah. Presumably. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit more off kilter and I'm going to go with the first Mad Max movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm going with that because it is a movie that uh, it has a lot of cars in it. Uh, well, actually, not a lot, but it has a car in it and it's the car. Um, <laughs> but it is a movie that people remember fondly and they go back and watch it and go, well, that was boring as shit. Like, <laughs> nothing happened that whole movie. Uh, but I still think it's important that people see it, much like Bullet. I'm not really sure. That's one to do, but I'll go with the first kind of funny one that came into my brain right now. Uh, Men in Black. Because that car is very unassuming when you first get in. Like, even, like, Will Smith is like, really? This one? Uh, And then you get into it, and it's really self-reliant in the racing. It's very good at racing, and it's got all these gadgets in it. I mean, there's no gadgets in the one in this movie, but I don't know. I had a lot of enjoyment out both car sequences, and neither of the movies, at first you were expecting that, I guess. 
That's the biggest reach you've had in a long time. I know. It's time. really a big reach. <laughs> that is a, an Anthony Howard reach. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. Uh, last but not least. Cars 2. <laughs> By the Have way, Men in Black Cars stands 2? up. It's a still a fun movie. No. Uh, yeah, okay, go with one had... you've seen. <laughs> um, Austin Powers. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Because the yeah. car scene, a.k.a. the steamroller scene, is really <laughs> slow. <laughs> I like the, and also the turnaround scene in the hallway is really slow. <laughs> I like that when you go car movies, you pick the two things in a movie that has a cool car that aren't cars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah not his cool car. I'm yeah. more like his little... His, I feel like we're doing really bad with the review cart. system on this for how good this movie is. I think the first two worked fine. Okay, so that's it for this episode. I can do a quick round of plugs. Leanna, do you have anything you want to plug? Anything you're working on you want people to watch? Ooh, I could plug my roommate's photography. Oh, there you go. He actually, my roommate, Matthew Leland Sumter, does some phenomenal photography. A lot of pinup stuff, a lot of stuff with classic cars. Cool. I actually almost wish he was here for this today because he knows a lot more about it than I do. Um, but yeah, oh, I'm he, sure he'll hate this episode then. Oh, he'll hate it so much. <laughs> no, Guys, he, did talk about this? Did talk about that? And he walked in like right as I was watching the movie and he was like geeking out over it. And so it's really cool. He works on, um, you know, there's a lot of wedding photography too. So it's really great. And he's cool. amazing. Check him out, Matthew Leland Sumter. Sounds good. Uh, so you can find us, ATHpod.com. Uh, we have uh, a new article series starting here, I believe, either next week or possibly tomorrow, which means it would have come out last Friday. Uh, where it's out now. It could be out now. It might not be out till tomorrow. We're not sure exactly yet, but it's coming from a friend of the show, Chris Ortiz, and he's going to be writing a weekly or biweekly journal about his experience over the past 16 years with Comic-Con. Uh, and I've read the first one. It's really good. It's going to be uh, a lot of fun. He has so much more passion for Comic-Con than I think the people who put on Comic-Con. I know. <laughs> he's great. He's yeah. a lover. Yeah. Not a hater. Interesting. And it really just, it crackles right off the page. It's, yeah. it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. He really um, likes cramped spaces with sweaty people. Oh, he loves it. <laughs> and he waiting does. in long, long lines. He loves it. Those friends he just made in long lines is yeah, it, lasted him a lifetime. Yeah. I'm really excited for this series. Uh, he's finished the first one, so I'm just not sure if we're releasing it before or after this episode, but it's coming out soon, and then he's got a lot more coming. So it's good. Sweet stuff um and then of course you can find us online uh or at twitter uh ath underscore podcast everywhere else ath podcast uh rate and review us on itunes check out our twitch stream which is ath podcast right sounds right that's that's right john's not here and he's the one who knows the twitch stream (laughs) you can literally go to all those things from our website athpod.com just go to thank you for listening to all of it uh so as i've been saying and i forgot the last couple of episodes i know there's a million movie podcasts out there Thank you for listening to this one. Bye. 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 Bye.